the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And this is our last show on in this series of Dating is Hard to Do. And dating is hard to do, especially in the 21st century. And so we are going to end this whole series by talking about, firstly, about 12 dating traps. And then we're going to end this show really focusing on what are the most important concepts that we learned from this whole series. So we're going to try to wrap it up in that manner. So let's start here with these dating traps that I think are very helpful. And I like this. This was done by a guy named David Steele. So I like the way that he put it together. And we we have these these things, these traps in terms of how we look at the whole dating experience. So they're a little bit different than myths. We did that in the last show, and I want to encourage you. Always, um, you can visit my website and all the shows, all the podcasts are there. If you just go to my website, you can click on, you can listen on demand. Um, that's at CynthiaHyde.com. So. Let's look at this first one. This is what we would call a marketing trap. So this is believing that you need to make yourself more appealing to attract the partner and selling yourself with attractive packaging and presentation. And there's high risk of disappointment and relationship failure as people discover that the excitement and the promise of that sizzle (laughs) conflicts with what they really actually end up getting. And so this does not mean, please, you know, I'm a little bit, probably dating myself, but this whole idea that I just show up, you know, like as if I just crawled out of bed, we're not talking about that, okay? We really want you to be a cleaned up version of who you are and, and not the most private self. You know, I'm, I'm frequently, I'm at the grocery store and I'm thinking, why do I have to look at people in their private self? This is like they just walked out of, crawled out of bed. And so you really want to make sure that you're not getting into this trap of the either or, or the, you know, that all these end of the spectrums that I'm so marketing myself that I think it's all about my appearance and that I'm over-focused on how I look and how I present that I can't be authentic or I throw the baby out with the bathwater and I show up as if I just crawled out of bed. And so I show the most raw version of myself. So we really want to show up as a grown up. And what does that mean? I present myself in a manner that respects myself, that shows that I value myself, and that I value and respect the other person. And so it's very important that this way I'm truly being authentic. 
because we all have versions of ourselves. This is where that saying, you know, hey, you clean up nicely. I mean, that's wonderful. That's great. We don't want to be someone completely different than, than who we are at home. But we don't want to always show up as the most casual version of ourselves either. So how about this next one? This is a scarcity trap. And this is believing that there's this limited supply of possible partners. So you have to take what you can get or you're going to be alone. And so this means that you settle for less and you compromise what your, your non-negotiables might be or what you require. And, and so it's important that you, that you realize this whole scarcity trap causes me to get, to get into that insecure place where I think, you know, time is running out. Um, maybe I'm just being perfectionistic and requiring too much. And so I'll just, I'll work with this. I can work with it. And those are always red flags. Those are always warnings. When it comes to picking a partner, you don't just settle. You don't just say, well, this will do. Now, if you were in an arranged marriage, you might have to go through some of that thought process. But we are not in America doing arranged marriages very often. So you want to really be careful that, that you're not putting yourself in this position that I only have, you know, there's only four guys at my church, so I better pick the best out of the four. We really want to trust God, that God knows what he's doing, and God knows where every single human being is on the planet at all times. What a fascinating concept. That, that's mind-boggling to me. So what, what's the solution for this? Well, first I define the choice of what I really want, and I persevere. And, and I really want to get an idea of what it is that I want. And some people do it more concretely. It has to do with, you know, I want them to be this age. I want them to be this um, denomination of faith. Um, I need them to have no children, or I'm okay if they have children. I need them to make this amount of money. And, and it, it may be very concrete, which is fine. And you, you may need to adjust some of that, but it, it's good to have that overall concept. Other people, they may not have it be that concrete. It may have everything to do with what they experience with the person and how they continuously experience the things they need to experience. And that they could live with a millionaire or somebody that's, you know, um, making a wage that is more lower, lower income or middle income. They may be okay as long as they are okay with the person. So it really depends on how we put this together. But you want to make sure that you really are able to say no to what you don't want and yes to what you do want. Because you do have the power to choose. And it's really important that you make sure that what you need, what you want, is something that you also feel that God is revealing to you about who you are and what is the most important thing to you. And so many people may not understand why the person you pick works for you. But I say to, to couples all the time, it doesn't really make any difference. It really only has to work for you. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. It does have to make sense to you, and it does have to work for you. And you do want a relationship that brings the best out in you and gives you the opportunity and the space to learn and to grow and that is safe enough for you to be able to be yourself and be able to be all that God has called you to be. So how about this compatibility trap? Compatibility trap. And this assumes that if you have fun together and get along well, you're compatible and that a committed relationship will just automatically work. Now, this results in relationship failure when you discover that this vast difference between a fun-focused recreational dating relationship and a serious long-term committed relationship 
may be very, very different. And so it's wonderful to have fun with someone. It's wonderful to enjoy socializing and to hang out with that person. But we have to be careful that that doesn't mean that just because I'm compatible in that manner and I enjoy them, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have all the requirements that create a successful marriage. Because what you want to think about, and I tell this to clients frequently, is you can have compatibility on different levels, but it takes a lot of variables to make a marriage. It's similar to building a house. Because a marriage is a house that that relationship is living in. And so if the only thing you have is a roof, that doesn't offer a very good house to live in. If the only thing you have is a foundation, then neither of these are providing the protection that you're needing. So you really want to look at compatibility has to be on a lot of different levels. How about this one, the fairy tale trap? This is passively expecting your ideal to, ideal partner to like magically appear and you're going to live happily ever after without any effort. And believing that when you find your soulmate, it'll just happen. And, and I get that. I mean, there's a lot of romance in that and it feels really amazing. And so there are pieces of that that I think God is gracious to give us when we are, uh, when we are finding that, that person that we want to spend our life with. But to passively just sit back and hope that that person is going to walk into your life and you're going to know it immediately when you see them and you're going to feel all these wonderful feelings and you won't have to do anything to make it work. And so the first argument you have blows you both out of the water. Okay, we want to be really careful of this. And so the solution for this, we want to take personal responsibility for relationship, for choices and outcomes and have effective scouting, sorting, screening strategies. We want to really be adult in the way that we go about this dating process. That it's okay to have those feelings of infatuation. They're wonderful. And it's okay to really be in love with that person. And it's okay to be really excited about seeing them. But that can't be the foundation of the relationship. We have to be able to work through things, talk through things, address serious issues, deal with one another when we're not at our best, apologize when we need to, humble ourselves so that we can be that better person and to truly rise to that higher level of relating that really says that I just truly want to make this person's life better. And I want to make sure that if I interact with this person and combine my life with them, that their life is better because they know me. And this is one of the most important uh, elements when I am working with couples that I say to them, is your life better because of knowing this person? And are you making sure that their life is better because they know you? Okay, so how about this next trap? This is the date to mate trap. And this is like becoming an instant couple, as if giving each person you date this extended test drive and believing that if you develop an exclusive relationship with someone, a successful, committed relationship will eventually happen. And so that's like we're now this instant couple. We spent 12 hours together, and now we're like combining things and, and introducing everybody to everybody and meeting everyone's children. And, and we're doing this like fast-track thinking that it will force or make this committed relationship that we so desperately want to happen. And so this instant couple, you have to understand, does not have the foundation that it needs in order to, to deal with knowing that person and really interacting and really um, combining our lives. And so frequently I, 
I tell people, listen, McDonald's, you know, has a 30-day probationary period. I say at least give this relationship 90 days before you start doing benefits. And I don't just mean I'm not talking sexually. What I'm talking about is you don't just start to assume that all of our life is now combined and my life is now radically changed because I've, I've included this person. I want to make sure that I keep my life going and that my life is viable and that I interact with this person. And sometimes my life crosses path with this person, but I don't immediately create a new life with this person just because we have compatibility and I know them for for 12 hours to to one month. So very, very important that we work on this, this idea that we don't do these mini marriages when we haven't even learned who this person truly is. So we're going to end this. We're going into this next segment, and we're going to finish some of these dating traps that we do and these, these ways we go into dating that, even if they are well-intentioned, have a tendency to be disastrous. So join me again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia as we talk about dating traps. Thank you for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I want to first encourage you to always visit my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And there's a lot of things on there that you can look at. And that is spelled just the way that it sounds. It's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. You can also uh, visit my Facebook page, which is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's I-N-C for Incorporated. And there are lots of devotionals and inspirational things on that as well. It will give you some information as to what radio shows are coming up where I may be speaking or performing. So always like it when you give me feedback about what you got out of the shows and what is helpful for you and what you would like me to talk on as well. So we are talking about dating traps and we left off on that date to mate trap when we do this tendency to create an instant uh, committed relationship overnight and we get excited about the person and all of a sudden now we're combining our lives and and we want to be really careful about derailing our life because we met this person so we want to continue to do our life on a vertical you know level and and let our lives interweave with this this person potentially but not immediately combine our life So this next one we're going to look at is called the attraction trap. And this is making choices solely based on feelings of attraction and interpreting strong attraction to someone as a sign that the relationship is a good choice and it's meant to be. And so that doesn't mean, please hear me, that attraction isn't important. It's extremely important. And so you can have a a lot of really shared values and wonderful qualities with someone and even life aspirations, and there just isn't that attraction. Even though everything about that person is great, it just doesn't seem to work. And so attraction is important, but this this absolutely will become a relationship failure if if that's really what I'm basing it on. Because then as soon as they're not attractive to me, I might have to look at all the unsolvable problems that are below the surface and all the red flags that I ignored. 
And so I'm going to then unconsciously repeat a lot of unproductive past patterns because I'm not really interacting with the person. I'm interacting and, and being attracted to who I think the person is, who I want them to be, what it looks like, and hoping that somehow all the other stuff gets filled in. And so it's very important that we balance attraction with what we are requiring in a relationship, what maybe our non-negotiables are. And that we also understand that there are some people that we may not be immediately attracted to their appearance. And so that, that attraction is a, very, is a very elusive issue that we want to be careful about not really putting that in a box. And so the next one we have is the love trap. And this is interpreting infatuation and attraction um, and that need or attachment as love. So it feels good, it must be love. And that love is all you need. And love conquers all. And so this, is, this really can create some failure for us because we start to find out that it's a little bit more complicated than that. And so I want to make conscious relationship choices again by defining what I'm requiring out of a relationship. What are the non-negotiables for me? What are the elements that I know need to be in that relationship in order for it to work? And so think about this analogy. You know, if, if you ever cook, if you bake, so if I want to make, um, you know, a white cake with white, white frosting, and that's, that's the outcome I want, is that wonderful, beautiful dessert, which actually, by the way, is my favorite, white, white frosting. I love white frosting. So if that's what I really am looking for, why would I accept someone putting pepperoni on top of it? It's going to ruin the whole mix. So if I want pizza, I wouldn't frost it. So it's important that I understand the ingredients that go into this potential relationship and that it's wonderful if it feels good, it's wonderful if there's attraction, but I need to be very careful as to whether or not I am falling into this love trap that I feel love for this person, so therefore that's all we need. And it's now that will cover everything and everything will work out and we'll all we'll be okay when there's all these other ingredients that I know are non-negotiables for me. How about the rescue trap? And this can go both ways. This is hoping that the relationship will solve my emotional and financial difficulties and it'll bring all the happiness and fulfillment. You know, something like winning the lottery. It's that feeling of if then, if I get married, if I find that person, then I'm going to feel um, safe enough or inspired enough to take care of myself physically. If I find that person that loves me so much, then I'll have the inspiration to go after that career that I should be doing. If I fall in love with that person and get married, then I'll be willing to clean up my house and, and do all of my finances the way that I should. It's like looking outside for that thing to change me inside versus changing the inside so that I get what I want on the outside. So I'm going to say that again because it's very important. This rescue trap has a tendency to be, I'm going to change the outside. So I'm going to find that special person or I'll be that person for someone. And that's somehow going to fix what's going on inside. All those things in my life that need to be happening versus changing the inside and making sure I am that person that I need to be and that my life is the kind of life that I like and that I'm proud of, which will result 
in me finding the person that fits appropriately with me. So we have another one. How about this, the codependent trap? And we've done some shows on codependency. So again, always you can find those shows on my website. Those podcasts are on demand. And so codependency is a really, really big one, especially when it comes to Americans. So codependency is this is expecting someone to love you and give you what you need um, and want by giving them everything that they want. So it's an attempt to earn love and happiness by maybe acquiescing or giving in or helping. And it's similar to the rescue trap in that if I go and I rescue this person out of, the, out of all the mess that their life is in, that they'll be indebted to me, and then they'll give me everything that I want and everything that I need. And so the intentions maybe feel noble, but it isn't wisdom. Because we really can't rescue adults, okay? We can rescue children. We can rescue people that are uh, invalids. We can, we can rescue debilitated individuals. But we really don't want to rescue adults because that's part of living an adult life. So it's important that you're careful about this codependency piece that seeks to control people, places, and things, all those externals, so that I feel good about me. And so if, it also gives me a sense of power many times that I'm the one that fixed it for them. I'm the hero. I'm the one that, that I'm the go-to person. So we want to be really careful about going into a relationship and getting all of our good feelings about fixing their life. And, and then, we, then we really can use that as a distraction from our life. And when we get into comparing and contrasting, we can say to ourselves, well, man, I really have it together because look at them. So I'm going to get their life all cleaned up and then we can be this happy couple that, that I'm desiring that we are. So it's important that we get a handle on why we are going into relationships, how we are going into them, what the underlying motives are that we have, and really always coming back to what's our relationship with God, what's our relationship with ourself, and are we willing to let God have time This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again in the next segment as we talk about relationship traps. Well, thank you for joining me again. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And this is our last show in the series on dating is hard to do. So we've been talking about different relationship traps, the dating traps that we may fall into while we are in this process of dating and looking for that one special person. So let's look at this idea of the entitlement trap. And what does entitlement trap mean? How does that play itself out? Well, this is believing you deserve to be happy and get what you want out of life without effort or changes on your part. This is this, is this idea that I should just be loved for who I am exactly the way that I am right now, and I shouldn't have to change. And if I have to change, then you don't love me unconditionally. And so what's important is that when we look at this idea of unconditional love, we absolutely do give unconditional love to people. That doesn't mean that we are friends with everyone that we are extending unconditional love to. This means that if I'm driving down the road and there's a terrible car accident and the person is a drunk driver... I'm not going to walk away from the accident. I'm going to do everything I can to help them and and help them live whatever I can do. That's unconditional love because humans are are a value. 
that doesn't mean that I'm going to be best friends with them or marry them or be in relationship with them. So the entitlement trap is this, this somewhat immature feeling that all of us really want to go back in some ways to get those feelings we needed when we were little kids, that we felt that safe, secure, no matter what we did, mommy and daddy would never let us down, would never leave us, would never um, harm us, and that everything that we do is okay and we are loved 100% of the time. And, and it's unrealistic. It's a wonderful idea, but we see this even with God, that he loves the world, but he's not friends with everybody. And so intimacy is earned, and intimacy is an issue of maturity. And so this entitlement trap that if I have to work for something, then somehow you're not accepting and loving me for who I am. So you may get someone that is willing to accept you and love you for who you are, but they're not going to be able to have the adult relationship that you're desiring or that they may be desiring as well. So this is also this tendency to rely on my partner to bring me all the happiness and fulfillment that I need in life. And so instead of doing the work on my own life and making my own life work and being happy within my own life because I'm the one that's, that's orchestrating it, obviously with God, I'm doing this with God, but that I'm somehow looking for this person to come into my life and make all of that happen for me. And so I'm just waiting for them to come along. And I'm sure that if I pray hard enough, love God enough, that it's going to happen. So this can give us a ton of disappointment and, and a great amount of disillusionment. So how about the virtual reality trap? And that's believing that what you see is what you get. So making these hasty long-term relationship decisions based on really short-term impressions and inferences instead of actual experience and knowledge of that person. So again, we really want to give people time. And this is very difficult in our culture because we have a false sense of time. Because technology can go so quickly, we actually think that the human makeup can go as quickly as technology. And the two are are vastly different. And so I may be able to think very quickly, but that doesn't mean that I live quickly and that I evolve as the person that God wants me to be quickly. It means that humans need process, humans need time. And so what I want to make sure is that I don't get into this, well, everything looks good on the surface, so good, let's go for it. We can make it work. And that I don't actually walk out the experience and go through the hardship of, of actually dealing with the real person and maybe being disappointed by what is actually behind that virtual reality. So how about we have this last one. This is the Lone Ranger. And this means that I don't need anyone's help in finding my life partner. And you evaluate people you meet for their relationship potential, and you don't take the opportunity to cultivate new friends. So this results in a lot of isolation and a risk of settling for less than what you really want because you just simply don't want to be alone. So instead of cultivating a community for myself, I just keep waiting for that one person. And then if they have a life, I'll join in with the life that they're in. So this idea that I can do it all on my own, I can figure it all by myself, and I'm going to go make it happen. None of that is God's way. God is always doing it through community, and he's always doing it in relationship with, with, with us. So it's important that we go back again to developing that network, that community, the life that we are proud of, the life that we like, because we will then have a tendency 
to find the person that is similar in these in this way that works in my life as much as I work into their life. And so we always are allowing God time, the time that he needs to cause us to be the person that we need to be for that person that he, he may have for us. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again in this last segment, and we're going to kind of wrap it up and talk about all we learned in this series. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and we are finishing up our dating series. This is our last show on the series of dating, and we are going to talk about what are the most important concepts that we learned from this entire process. And first of all and foremost, I'm going to always drive home the point that time, time is imperative, that we give ourselves time, that we are not afraid of time. And that we realize that God is outside of time and God can make anything happen whenever he wants to make it happen and whenever it is good for us. And that when we are waiting on God and we are being patient and we are being still, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are doing nothing. It means that we are doing our life and doing it well. And that we take the time to put into our life and have a life that we can be proud of. And that We may be lonely at times. We may miss um, companionship. But the life that God is giving us is still meaningful and valuable and viable and fulfilling. And we really work toward that so that we make sure that we are the person that God is intending for us to be. So that when I do interact with that potential mate, that I can recognize them and they recognize me. That I'm not trying to make a whole bunch of adjustments to fit into that person's life or to make it work with them. So one of, one of these big concepts that we talked about is that relationships, they're not intended to make you happy. And there isn't just one person that can make you happy. Now, there can be many people that can make you unhappy. So we don't look to relationships for happiness. My goodness, if God looked to his relationship with people for happiness, he would, be, he would have quit a long time ago. It doesn't mean that relationships don't bring some happiness. It means that I need to figure out how to be happy on my own. That's what adults do. That I need to figure out what is happiness and my pursuit of happiness and how realistic is my pursuit of happiness. Or do I maybe need to change that word from happiness to fulfillment, to meaning, to depth, to vision, and so I, re- and, and, and I really want to look at what is it that I am pursuing a relationship for when I'm wanting that partner? Why am I doing that? What is really underneath that? Is it because I'm not having the things in my life that I need or that I want, and so I can't have the life that is meaningful or, or valuable or viable without a person? And so we really want to be going to God about that concept because I'm not saying that loneliness isn't difficult. It is very difficult. And, and God is not intending for us to be lonely. So it's important that we work with God on this idea of, I'm doing my life and I'm doing it as, as good as I can. I'm trying to do it well and I'm still feeling like there's a void. 
and that we trust God with time. We trust the fact that that person that God has for us, they may not be ready. So we want to pray for that person as well. And we want to continue to believe that God has the best for us, and he never withholds a good thing. And we trust the one who died for us, and we make sure that we continue to reposition our mind so that we are believing the truth about God, that we are focusing on who he says he is, and we on our faith is about who he says he is and what he can do, and not what we see and not what we feel. And so we follow closely behind Jesus as a human, and we do this divinely through his grace. And so how does Jesus live his life, and how does Jesus do relationship? Because Jesus was not married. So that doesn't mean that God is calling all of us to singleness. What it means is the fastest, best, easiest way for me to get to that goal is to become more like Christ. How would Christ do the relationships that are right in front of me? So I don't want to discount the people that are in my life today simply because they're not a life partner or they're not a member of the opposite sex. But I want to say to myself, these relationships are put into my life for a reason. And I want to value those relationships, the ones that are right in front of me. And I want to do those well. So I want to adopt and maintain the perspective Jesus has on reality, on what life is like on this planet and what it's all about. Why am I on this planet to begin with? And it really is to usher in the kingdom of God. I am here for a reason, and that is to help with the wholeness and the unity of the body of Christ to bring God's kingdom here on earth, that I possess Christ in me, which brings more of the kingdom on earth. And if part of being able to do that means I partner with someone, then great. I'm going to ask that God bring that kingdom peace to my life. But in the meantime, I'm going to adopt the perspective of God. So I'm going to, again, determine why I want to be in relationship and evaluate the expectations that I have on a relationship. Why do I actually want to be married? And really do soul searching and really be truthful with yourself so that you avoid some of those dating myths and dating traps that we talked about. Why do I really want to be in relationship? Because that has everything to do with making sure that I find the right person, that I find the person that is made for me, that is good for me, that will cause my life to be even deeper and fuller and closer to what God has destined for me. So I want to determine, again, my relationship readiness. So am I ready for a marriage? What are the things that are going on in my life that that may be getting in the way of that? And it doesn't mean that I have to be 100% ready because nobody is. I mean, part of being married is a continual growth process. But what are some things that I actually know that are obvious to me that cause me to maybe not be quite ready for relationship? And maybe it's as simple as I want to be married so much that I'm obsessed with it. That's the whole, that's everything that I think about. That's every, everything I do is about whether or not I'm going to be married. And maybe it's just that simple. Maybe I've made an idol out of partnering. Maybe it's not that simple. Maybe I have some underlying uh, injury from my family of origin that I might need to address that I otherwise don't need to if I stay out of close, intimate relationships. 
So you really want to determine that relationship readiness. And so you articulate then in writing what you must have in a relationship, what your must-have requirements, the things that, that you cannot stand, the things that you will refuse to be in relationship with. Because I, I, I tell people frequently, we can fall in love with all kinds of people that, that we can't be, in, be married to. And so we get confused about that, and we, th- we actually think that, well, if I fall in love with them, then I have to be with them. And, and we can fall in love with a lot of different ki- types of people that aren't necessarily good for us at all, that might not even be good people, that might even have evil in them. And so we have to understand that our heart just has the capacity to do that. It doesn't necessarily mean that's who we should be with. So I need to have that objective list of non-negotiables, of must-haves, of things that are deal-killers for me, and my, the things that are most important to me, what I would like to see. And so I don't, and then the, I don't wait around. I actively pursue Jesus into the introduction venues and vehicles that he's given me. So if I'm doing online dating, then I actively pursue Jesus through that. Where is Jesus in all of that? What is he doing with these people that I'm meeting? I want to be a good experience for those people, even if I don't want to be with them, even if they don't want to be with me. That's the whole point of dating. I can't marry everybody. So there has to be someone that either says, no, you're not right for me, or I say, no, you're, you're not, I'm not right for you. But either way, we want to be pursuing Jesus and Christ. What is it that I am adding to that person's life? Even if it's a couple of sentences through an email, and that's all, that's all there is. So I want to make sure that I commit to the long-term process of dating, that I don't think that it's going to happen within a month that I say, okay, God, if I'm really believing that this is a desire that you have placed in my heart, this is what I want to do, then I'm willing to go the long haul, however long it takes. It may take me 10 years. And I know that some people are, you're going to say, oh, I can't go 10 years. It's like, well, if you get 10 years from now and you meet the person that you're going to fall in love with and marry, you'll be really, really glad that you put all that effort into the last 10 years, that you didn't quit. You'll be very, very happy about that. So you want to be careful that you don't let the enemy come in and, and harm you and cause you to be discouraged with the issue of time. But God has time, and you need to respect time. And so I prepare to identify and, and avoid relationships with the many. So I'm careful about not dating everyone and getting worried that I'm going to shut too many doors on myself, that I really just say, I don't have to worry about that. God still is in control of this process. And I don't want to overwhelm myself with all the people that may be available to me and the people that may not even, I may not even like. And I don't want to worry in the inverse or the converse that there seems like there's no one for me, so therefore maybe God doesn't have that for me. It really only takes one person to marry. And so you may pick one out of a hundred, you may pick one out of two that you meet. So the importance is not getting bogged down in numbers. And so I also realize that one of the biggest single reasons that Christians are not meeting each other is a lack of introduction, uh, is the lack of an introduction system. And so I need to make sure that I am open to being introduced to different people. 
whether that be through online dating, whether that be through attending a church and being involved in community, whether they're single people or not, people know people. So I want to make sure that people are knowing me. So that if there is someone that they want to introduce me to, they know me well enough to know, hey, you'll really like this person. I believe in this person. I trust in this person. This is a good person. So I need to make sure that I have enough systems that I'm involved in that introductions can occur. So it's also important that I realize that I'm not going to necessarily get the help from the church that I would like. And why is that the case? You know, we all would like to think that the church is is our go-to for all of our needs. And and I I truly wish that churches did a better job with singles, and and I have a passion for single people. I was single a long time. And um, the majority of, uh, I think, our singleness here in Arizona is over 50%. But I also know that churches are limited in what they can do. And so I really want to be going to a church that I feel is genuine, that the message is inspiring to me, that I have an area or, or a place that is safe enough for me to be honest and vulnerable and get prayer support, that I have um, a family that I feel like I can be interacting with and really realizing that that may or may not lead to a partner, but the primary reason that I'm attending church is not to find a partner. And so I want to try to determine and describe in detail the person that I believe God has for me before I meet them. And that that doesn't mean that that's necessarily who it's going to be, but that is very telling about where you're at. And so you want to make sure that you also are willing to take in information about the person that you're considering, especially if it's negative, no matter how much you're attached to them, no matter how much you like them. Getting married to them does not fix those problems. It just makes them yours. So it's really important that regardless of how you feel, regardless of how much you want to be married, that you are willing to listen to the negatives and to address the negatives that you see in that person. So I'm hoping that this uh, series was helpful for you. I really do want you to visit my my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And on Facebook, if you need a keynote speaker, I love doing that and encourage you to contact me through my website. And I pray you have a blessed week and for your ongoing process with God. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.